Hey everyone, what you're about to hear is an episode of the Slash Filmcast After Dark, uh, which is brought to you for free uh, by our patrons at patreon.com slash filmpodcast. That's patreon.com slash the word filmpodcast. Starting in 2021, uh, that is the only way you will be able to get episodes of the Slash Filmcast After Dark is through the Patreon at patreon.com slash filmpodcast. So be sure to head over and sign up if you want to keep receiving episodes like this. In the meantime, thanks to all of our patrons again, and uh, hope all of you out there enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Slash Filmcast After Dark, the part of the podcast where we talk about a variety of random topics, or sometimes we also review things. Um, this week, our main discussion is going to be about the new Brandon Cronenberg yeah. movie, Possessor, which <laughs> the movie too and I have messed watched. up for the main show. I feel like that's it. It's just yeah, too, it's too, it's too much. Up. Yeah, 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 it's too much. Yeah, <laughs> it, puts, uh, it puts the dark in after dark. <laughs> now we got to call out. We got to call out that Jeff Kanat has not watched Possessor, nope. nor will he. Nope. Um, but he's going to hang around anyway. Why not? Uh, what, the what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> now, now we didn't want Jeff to just hang around just for the conversation of Possessor. Uh, so Jeff, want, we wanted to give Jeff a topic that he could discuss as well, right, Jeff? So in the after dark. <laughs> Oh, in the after dark, you wrote. Uh, in we have we have a section in our show document called potential after dark topics. <laughs> Jeff Kanata wrote, "I like keeping the boxes for things. Where do you stand on boxes?" So, Jeff, genuine question I have for you guys. I uh, I I really mean this. I have it, it drives my wife a little crazy, but I I have a physical visceral reaction to throwing away boxes for things that i buy like if if i like we're getting new consoles i have my the original box i got my xbox one in i have the original box for my playstation 3 do you, do you keep them like do you at least fold them up no or no 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 still open yeah, you, you you're a madman i keep i keep all of the foam inserts i keep all the packaging yeah. this I is keep, why you need a house jeff you just need a. I, I know for all it's your bad but you'd think you'd think that's the case. But then my wife goes, we, "Our house doesn't have enough room for this shit, Jeff." <laughs> so you, you're saying I'm the crazy one. Neither of you are like this at all. No, I mean I I have also moved. Um, I since 2009, I moved once more in New York. Like 2009 was a big move, and every move, you just dump all the shit. Like you dump everything you cannot travel with. And this latest one, just coming to Georgia, was just like, yeah, I, I dumped as much as I could have. Uh, mainly out of necessity, but even even if I had the space, I wouldn't want to keep keep things forever. I don't know. What what are you going to use it for? You know. Well, here's what I'll say. I um I did do that for a long time. I did keep mm -hmm. boxes for a long time because I find it is easier to resell things if you have the box, right? Mm -hmm. And so I keep it purely for utility sake, Jeff. Which is that one day I'm going to resell it. It's nice to have the box. This is also if I need to move it from place to place. Like if I yeah, need to, it's true, it's true. Mm -hmm. yeah. it, it, it literally the box and the stuff inside was designed specifically to protect the thing. Yeah, but like if it's like a bunch of electronics, like let's say it's like an iPad and a laptop. Let's say it's like I can just throw that into a bag. I don't need to put them back into boxes unless I am selling them. 
I know. Um, I'm, it's weird. I have like all my old iPhone and iPad boxes. I have my iWatch box. Well, I, I, I keep all of my Apple stuff specifically because Apple stuff retains its resale value really, really well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll often resell my Apple stuff. And it just it feels better if you can sell someone the stuff with yeah. the original packaging. And like, also, those, I think those it, boxes stay sturdy. You know? Yeah, they, they stay sturdy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they don't they don't like discolor very easily. So you when you sell it back, like you, when you sell a phone and you're like, here's the original box it came with. It's kind of like it gives them a vote of confidence. They're like, oh my gosh, this guy, this guy is like into his shit because he kept the original box. You know, like yeah, I'm into my shit, dude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I so have, anyway, two feet from me right now, I have my Dreamcast. In its original box. That's pretty. Okay. That's pretty I don't, good. I don't condone any of this. What you're that's saying. That's pretty good, though. <laughs> At least you got to keep the good things, right? You keep the Dreamcast, but you got to know when to when to cut things loose. How do you and, know what's um, the good thing and what's not the good thing? I just keep it all. Love. The things that bring you joy, you know. Yeah, the things um, that bring you joy. Yeah, yeah. It all but brings I, you joy. I wouldn't have bought it in by the first way, place. Having what? just moved and also throwing my stuff into a truck and hoping it survived a cross country trip from New York to Georgia. Um, I've learned there are a lot of great quality boxes out there. So if you need like a good, strong box for your desktop PC, my desktop is made out of glass, guys. <laughs> the case is the case is tempered glass. So I have to be very careful. And yeah, U-Haul apparently makes great like uh, double thick, super strong boxes for all sorts of electronics and that everything I had survived. So DaVinci uses a quantum boxes. computer for his desktop, by the way. Yeah. That's why it's made and out it's just, of gold discs. I, for some and, reason, I thought glass was a good idea. It's probably not a good idea, but it looks cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all mean, right, Jeff. All right. I, I guess that's else all we need to talk about. I'm the crazy one. <laughs> we've determined it. Moving on. But we've also I'm accomplished really, nothing because I, you're just going to stick with the boxes. I don't, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely, I, I have a hard time. I have a, I, I have a very difficult time getting rid of the box. I mean, I have like my Sonos speakers boxes. I have like, it, I have a closet full of empty boxes. I know I'm I the just, crazy one. I, I'm the I just, one. I, it just feels like a waste of space. You know, it feels like yeah. you could be it, it using is. that space for th- other things that would arguably give you more pleasure slash joy. It or at sounds least get like, like a you're... storage, uh, get a storage, you know, space or something. Well, I'm not going to pay for there. a storage space, but anyway, no. it sounds like They're you guys are on my wife's side. to be side, in storage. So. I see. I see. If you're gonna, if you know, I don't, I don't come here for you guys to side with my wife on things. That's yeah, you know. I mean, she's a smart very, lady. Very, I, I listen. Very to disappointed. Yeah, <laughs> fair, fair. Um, All right, let's so, talk about this crazy movie. <laughs> my topic was a abject failure. This is I why actually, I'm, I thought it was pretty good. I thought okay, it was pretty good. good. Well, I appreciate. it. I'm also surrounded by boxes, so I have a particular aversion to boxes because it's my life. If I turned on my webcam now. I'm surrounded by review boxes, all sorts of boxes, cool boxes, boring boxes, and things I have to go back to. Like, I feel like one of my biggest problems is I get a lot of cool stuff, but eventually it has to be packed up and shipped back. And that is so annoying. It's just the yeah. worst thing in the world. So it just ends up piling up in my office until I like they start to crush me. So I hate boxes. I try to avoid piling them up if I don't have to, basically. I think I just came from a, a bygone era now at this point. That was pre-digital, you know, it was just barely pre-digital. And I grew up collecting comic books right, right. and, you know, action figures in their original packaging was a thing, which just kind of isn't anymore, really, you know? And I think I, I think I retain all that stuff, like a vestige of a bygone era that it just, I, I have this like mint condition, original packaging, 
DNA in me somewhere that I can't shake. There's stuff I'd want to keep. If I could have kept my Super Nintendo box, I sure as hell would have done that, you know? Um, And the Dreamcast thing. That's a good call, too. That was my first console I bought for myself, and I loved it so much. Yeah. So have we convinced you, Jeff, you're going to get rid of all the boxes now? <laughs> no. no, it sounds like it sounds like I'm convincing Devinder right now. It sounds like no. I'm winning him over a little well, bit. Well, no, you know I, thing- I keep the stuff I like, you know, I'm very sparing about it. You know, the thing like I think is just wild is like people who take like bookcases, like shelves mm-hmm. full of books with them everywhere. It's like, wow, like because books are heavy. You know, books what I'm saying? Are like, heavy. I dump all my books as much as I can. Yeah. I mean, that was like the first, you know, that was like moving from college to my first place yeah. and then the three places after that was just like all carrying fucking books everywhere. Yeah. And you know, then you, you don't just need realize those college books anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and comic book collection, I have, you know, comic boxes and boxes and boxes of comics and you know, hauling them with me everywhere is a pain in the ass. And, and, and board games too. I mean, I think board games is in board games. Oh my place. God. That is because you got to keep those boxes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, those, those I, I fully support keeping board games. Yeah. FYI. Yeah. I mean, I have hundreds of board games but the, and but the, that, the point is there is utility in keeping the boxes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I guess there's yeah. some people out there who like take everything out of the boxes and like put them into some binders or whatever. It's like, I don't even, Dude, can't that, even comprehend that. That like but. gives me shivers down my spine. Like yes. I get, I get you got the heebie jeebies. Yeah. yeah. It's not, not cool. Okay. All right. All right. Um, speaking of horror, he transitioned. Speaking, speaking of keeping things inside of containers that don't necessarily belong. <laughs> possessor. It's a new movie by Brandon Cronenberg. And uh, I'm going to read the plot summary from the internet. Tasia Voss, by the way, really cool name. Tasia Voss. Great name. An elite corporate assassin. Sounds like a Star Wars character. Yeah, seriously. Takes control of other people's bodies using brain implant technology to execute high-profile targets. Now... Uh, Devinder and I have both seen the movie, and at some point we're going to spoil the movie. Yeah. But Devinder, why don't we give like a quick one minute, like, or three sentence summary of how we feel about this movie. I'll just say, this is one of my favorite movies of the year. This is an incredibly well done sci-fi thriller. The performances are awesome. The concept is awesome. You know, it reminds me of these other movies that we've seen that are kind of mood poems, right? Like yeah, um, yeah. Mandy or She Dies Tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Movies that <laughs> Jeff really but there, There's like. a lot more going but, on but, this but, than those, yeah. Jeff, so Jeff, it's like Mandy or she's di- She Dies Tomorrow, but there's a plot, basically, right? <laughs> so nothing so like those movies Imagine then. <laughs> those movies. But it's actually, yeah, plot. absolutely nothing, but yeah. Um, and, uh, I think the, uh, it's incredibly gruesome. I watched the uncut version, the unedited, mm-hmm. the unedited version. And they changed the title for it. Yeah. It's called it's like possessor, possessor uncut, possessor uncut. Right. And, uh, I, I just can't say enough good things about it. Well, the other thing I'll say is like somebody pointed out to me on Twitter today that they captured a lot of the visual effects in camera, right? Mm-hmm. There's no CG or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. And it is really, really effective. So I love this movie. I think it's awesome. Devendra, your thoughts before we kind of summarize yeah. the plot and talk about, about the movie? I feel like the basic thing is that uh, the the fruit didn't fall far from the tree, right? Like, <laughs> I love I love David Cronenberg movies, especially when they can be, uh, I think it's something like Existence, you know, a movie that's yeah. uh, dealing with technology uh, and the state of society, but also like weird, gnarly, organic tech and things are, things. it's just weird. It's just weird, man. Give me some weird shit. And I feel like this movie is very much that. It is very, it's a bit like, reminds me of Inception, 
except like even more Inception, which by the way, takes a lot from Existence, um, but really also uh, is far more gruesome. And it, it's the idea of just literally possessing somebody else's body like a puppet. It is, it's a, it's an astonishing thing. Uh, it reminds me of like, almost like a, was it the, uh, the millennium actress director whose name is escaping me right now, but it reminds me of one of those things or paprika um, where, yeah, it's a high concept of what's, what's I think would be a typical genre movie. Like this is an assassin movie, but an assassin movie, unlike anything you've ever seen before. So yeah, I loved it. It's super gruesome. <laughs> it is not for everybody, but it is certainly for me. All right. So from this point forward, you should assume we'll be talking about the plot. Jeff Kanata, by the way, are you, uh, you a fan of uh, the senior Cronenberg by any chance? Yeah. I mean, Existence is a movie that mm-hmm. I like. Um, I, I don't think I've seen his, his entire oeuvre, but uh, there are definitely Cronenberg movies that, I mean, I'm not, you know, you know me. I'm not. Uh, I'm not into the like. You seen a uh, history of violence? Uh, Eastern yes. promises. Yes. You know, Eastern promises stuff. is awesome. Is an incredible yeah. movie. Yeah. Um. I. You know. I was never really super into uh, history of violence. I thought it was okay. Um. Oh no no no! I'm thinking of a different movie. History of violence is great. I was thinking the, of American... uh, Viggo Mortensen. Right? Yes. Viggo Mortensen. History of violence. I mean, is he's amazing. in both I, of those movies. Yes. So. I was thinking of American History X. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. Different movie. Uh, no, History of Violence is awesome. Eastern Promises is awesome. Yes, I, I love those movies. Yes, very much. Mm-hmm. All right, so Possessor has one of my favorite, like one of the best movie openings I've ever seen, right? And you guys you guys remember when like movie openings used to grab you? You know, like yeah, yeah. that the, the, there's, there's like an art in crafting a movie opening that makes you be like, oh my gosh, I, I got a good, it makes a me good sit up in my open. chair. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's an excellent cold open. It's like, but there's some enigmatic parts of it. But basically, the movie opens with like Tasha Voss assassinating someone while she has been brain implanted into the body of a woman, basically. And she goes and she just like assassinates someone in in the most gruesome way imaginable, um, where she stabs him in the throat and then continues stabbing him until he is completely a bloody pulp. 20 times. Um, yeah. it's, I, I actually was like, you know, to be honest, I actually felt like maybe I could have dealt with like not watching the director's cut in this time. You know, like <laughs> usually, Jeff, Jeff, I'm trying to involve you tangentially in the conversation, you know, because you haven't seen uh-huh. the movie. But like, do you do you generally have an opinion on like director's cuts? Do you, do you prefer director's cuts to like the regular cuts? Do you have any opinion on that? You know, that's a really interesting question. I think it's case by case. Yeah. Um, I think, I think Some you sort of have to. Some directors go insane once yes. they're like untethered. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you, you have, I've always approached it with a, you know, what I've learned about the movie and how, what the relationship, why is there a director's cut, right? Did, did right. the studio come in and take over or is it just this sort of like vanity project for the director? There's a, a wide range of those. So I think it's case by case for me. This is the first director's cut I've seen where I'm like, you know what? Maybe I didn't need to see the director's cut. You know, like, maybe I could have watched the normal version. Because... I, if, I, if I'm going to go into this world, I want the full, give, give me the full, give me everything. All the stabbing, all the, I'm sure there's like more nudity probably in this version than in yeah, some of the other yeah. ones. It's, yeah. it's incredibly graphic nudity and stabbings, yeah. basically, yeah. is what is in this movie. Sign so, me up. Are we, are we enticing you to watch this yeah, movie? Man. I mean, you had me at Mandy. But now, now we've gotten to incredibly graphic stabbings. Yeah. So then you find out that ta- you, the, then, then the premise is introduced. Uh, the the mm-hmm. opening of this movie is so 
fucking good. Like I just like when when I saw it, and then it cuts to the title card. I'm just like, holy shit, that was good, you know. And um, weird weird effect though is the there was like 18 production companies that helped to make this movie, and (laughs) um, and the opening segment of the movie intercuts between the production company names and the action of the first scene. And it's like, we got to get this movie started, but we also have to, we have to thank all of our, all of our sponsors. And the thing (laughs) is what was so weird about it was some of the production company names are like kind of, uh, ambiguous. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, Ontario film presents, or it'll be like Ontario films or, you know, something like that. And there was a few names where I'm like, wait, is this part of the film? Or is it like, (laughs) is this like an avant-garde, like, you know, series of text things? Uh, You know, anyway, so just a random observation, but then basically you find out, that um, Andrea Riseborough, who is, in my estimation, one of the most beautiful women working in Hollywood today, a very unglamorous role for her in the sense that, like, it seems like she's like wearing almost no makeup. Like, it's she's constantly in situations that are really, really also unflattering for, Mandy, for her. By the way, the other Mandy connection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But she's, but, but basically, like, uh, kind of in a, in a role that's like very. Uh, uh, what what's the word? Kind of like in the Danny Boyle film Sunshine, like many mm-hmm. actors in that movie didn't wear makeup because they wanted it to look like more raw and real. Uh, it, it feels to me like kind of the approach they took here, where um, she is in a pretty like rough state throughout yeah, most. She of the looks film like because, a ghost throughout yeah, this yeah, entire movie, she, and it's part of the character that she's like struggling mm-hmm. with who she is. So anyway, she goes but, in. Wait, like, I just want to oh, say also, ahead. by the way, perfect, perfect actress for a role where she's putting on other people's skin, you know, uh, figuratively, <laughs> because I can never, I, I can never remember her face. Her face is so enigmatic to me. So like she will pop up in the movie and I will have no idea it's Andrea Riceborough. So just want yeah, to say yeah. that. I don't think I'm the only one with this problem. Yeah. yeah. She's like a, she was an oblivious. She was in yeah. Birdman. You know what I mean? Like she's a great actress. And, um, but it's, it's, uh, she often looks different from film to film because she really, to me, it feels like she really gets into the role she's in. So mm-hmm. anyway, loved her, in, her whole performance, but really most of the performance in, the, in this movie is she basically inhabits the body of this guy played by Christopher Abbott, right? Love him. Love that him the guy's so name? Much. He's awesome as well. Yeah. And her job in this movie is to assassinate uh, Christopher Abbott's character is dating the daughter of a Google slash Amazon esque company. It doesn't matter. Right? It doesn't matter what it is because it's Sean Bean. You got to kill him. You got to <laughs> yeah. kill him. Yeah. Sean Bean is the head of like the Google of the film. Uh huh. Um, Jeff Kanata, are you a fan of Sean Bean deaths in movies? Ah, uh, how could you not be? You can't right? miss a Sean Bean death. This is no, by the way, around the Sean Bean death. Yeah, you, you come for the is, you come for the Sean Bean. You stay for the Sean Bean death. You know, <laughs> this one, by the way, is particularly brutal. I have to point out. Like, <laughs> it, it, I, I mean, uh, you you know, you know that you see Sean Bean in the movie, you're like, he's got at least a 50% yeah. chance of this getting murdered. Die. The Sean Bean death thing is such a meme that they, they put in Hitman. Like he was, he was an assassination target. <laughs> the the video game point. Hitman. You're yeah, saying, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, this this movie is basically Hitman, except if Hitman, if you were just diving into somebody's skin, you know. And I, I feel like my one major disappointment with this movie was that it's all like, you know, it's all it's all like wireless tech. It's like they kidnap the person, right? And then they like yeah. they like put them down under, and then they set up some sort of brain implant, and you're in a pod, and you're controlling them remotely. I. I was imagining something sort of like, uh, 
from Lovecraft Country of just people just peeling off somebody else's skin. Uh, but we don't get that. We don't get that. I'm sad. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, basically so, Jeff. The way it works, if you're even paying attention, which is okay if you're not. Um, <laughs> but the way it works is they implant like a wireless implant into the person's brain, and then they wirelessly transmit someone's kind of thoughts to that brain, and they take over, and then they murder people. Then they they quote unquote pull them out, um, mm-hmm. so that there's by, no by evidence. By making them shoot themselves in the head. First, by so. making them shoot yeah. themselves, like they sever the host connection, mm-hmm. the brain implant dissolves. No one, people are none the, the wiser crime. that you've been in the brain. The perfect crime. crime. Perfect crime. The victimless crime, other than the person All the who victims. is implanted and everyone who is murdered. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's a victim full crime. <laughs> yeah, victim full crime. Exactly. Um, so anyway, she she basically takes over this guy's body for one last job, but then the problem is that she is unable to fully kind of control what he's doing, mm-hmm. and so he kind of takes back over his body and not only takes back over his body kind of assumes control of her thoughts as well right like is able to get information out of her brain and so there's a lot of this really cool imagery of them like melding minds and everything like that that i thought was very very interesting very well done and as i mentioned like a lot of it done in camera the main image if you google possessor right on the internet is you see christopher abbott's character wearing an andrea riseborough mask (laughs) which is what happens yeah, in the movie, like at one point where they're like melding brains, as they like were, like she he puts on her mask. Yeah. But by, by the and, way, l- let me just say this about Christopher Abbott. Um, he you know he's been in a bunch of movies and a bunch of TV shows, but I really learned I learned to love him as an actor in the TV series Girls. He plays um he plays the boyfriend of one of the characters, and in the very final season of that show, he comes back for a single episode, right? And it is just. A fucking remarkable thing. So ever since then, I've been super impressed with him and everything he's done. So cool to see him be in such like a weird genre movie too. Like it's uh, it's pretty chill. Yeah, yeah. He's he's awesome in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, he has trouble kind of uh, managing things. And there's this huge, this really pretty significant, brilliant section in the middle of the movie where. she is losing control of Christopher Abbott's body. Like Andrew Riseborough's character is losing control of his body. And it's very trippy and it's very out there. And you feel this horror that's happening of like, of losing, it's of losing control. Like Jeff Kanata, I ask as someone who hasn't seen this movie, isn't it a terrifying idea of like someone can take control of your body, murder a bunch of people and then kill yourself. And then like, no one knows what happened. Yeah. Right. Like, no, no, that's not, that's not terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff, uh, how do you feel about BR? You know, uh, we're (laughs) almost there. Yeah. 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 I mean, VR I, actually plays a significant role in the yes, film, actually. But yeah. yeah. Do you but remember, uh, you guys remember Strange Days? Of course. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. very I similar to that. I it is, love that yeah. movie. Yeah. Yep. I love Great that film. movie. That movie's yeah. also incredibly messed up. Like, just the, the the one scene in that movie that occurs, like, towards the end. It's just, yeah. I have a hard time rewatching it, but it's it's incredible. But that's one I of those watched- sci-fi concepts that's, like, just stuck in my head, you yeah. know? This idea yeah. of, like, recording people recording incredible experiences and then selling those because you can just plug them into your, you know, your nervous system and live it out as if it was real. Um, So like people do crazy ass shit just to be able to sell that. So I can live vicariously through them. What a, cool sci-fi concept i mean that's basically tiktok now right it's all the tiktok (laughs) pranks tiktok (laughs) catherine bigelow amazing director i recently rewatched zero dark 30 which Mm -hmm. has its problems from a political standpoint um but has one of the most brilliant kind of final action sequences Mm -hmm. super tense action sequence that you already know how it ends right you've already read how it ends and it's still incredibly tense 
Uh, very talented filmmaker. Anyway, back to this movie, Possessor. Um, so basically what happens at the end is Christopher Rabbit's character goes to Andrew Riseborough's character's house, goes to Tasia Voss's house um, to kind of ask her, her husband and child, like, what the fuck did your wife do to me? I don't understand. <laughs> of course, they have no idea um, because they don't know about her job. And uh, everyone gets killed. Everyone gets killed at the end, <laughs> right? A, ch- a child's head gets exploded. Oh. <laughs> yep. Yeah. B- and, and basically, Jennifer Jason Lee, uh, Tasia Voss's superior, um, she took over Tasia Voss's child's brain and uh, made sure that the, the uh, kind of termination <laughs> took place. Mm-hmm. And it is like, one of the most bloody, gruesome scenes that I've ever seen. And even one of the most bloody, gruesome scenes in this movie which is saying a lot in a movie in which many people are killed gruesomely. Yeah. But also a child's head gets <laughs> exploded in mm. this movie. Like not not like scanner style but like a big chunk taken off with a gunshot. Mm. It's just like, "Oh, we are you could not even you know, you couldn't surprise me more movie, but in fact you went there." So, yeah, it's a bit much. <laughs> yeah. The very end of the movie, right? Did you notice this, Devendra? Mm-hmm. She basically the uh, people who go in and possess someone's body, they have to take a test afterwards. Kind of like a, it's almost like in Blade Runner twenty forty nine, yes. like the cells yes. interlinked kind of thing. Yeah. But they have to take a test where like they show you a bunch of items from your past, and you need to talk about them to make sure that like your memories are your own, and you didn't like mix your memories with other people. And uh, she talks about this butterfly. She's like, I killed this butterfly one summer. I had it mounted. I fe- always felt bad about it. I still do feel bad about it. That was what she said the first time around. But at mm-hmm. the end of the movie, she gives the same speech, but she doesn't say that she feels bad about it. And I think, and many people on the internet have interpreted this movie to be about Andrea Riseborough coming to terms with the fact that she is basically a psychopathic killer. Oh, right, yeah. like yeah, it's about I mean, her. She, she does not react to her child to her shooting her own child. Right, she doesn't right. react to that. And, yeah. I mean, earlier on, there's this really creepy scene where mm-hmm. she's standing in front of her husband and her child's house, and is like practicing what she's going to say. You know, yeah. uh, you'd be like to, she's to like, remember how to be a good to, wife to remember how to be a mom. human. Yeah, to remember how yeah. to be a human. She's like, you know, oh, I'm I could oh dinner. Yes, I'm so hungry. Like she just says like basic like average things like that because mm-hmm. she's practicing them to herself because she knows that she can't get it right on her own authentically because she mm-hmm. she's she maybe slipping. has lost herself like her, a bit in her her job. grip on reality is definitely slipping yeah i loved all that stuff all that trippy stuff with christopher Everett's character in the middle and like mm-hmm. the the fact that there was another guy the the guy from the office that came to like save him and then yep. she wakes up and the, the guy is dead you know like it's just like it's, you're just like oh my gosh like this guy lost time and then he killed someone while he was losing t-. it's just like it's all really, really. It's all really good, and there's some storytelling. Like, yeah, nice world building too. You're bringing up the VR bit, Dave, and it's like the Christopher Abbott's character works as a grunt in this company, where it's just like it's a data mining company, I guess, because they they go in, they're line workers, they put on a VR headset, and they just stare at people's webcams, like out through their webcams all day, and, and like they, his and job they was just like, things. yeah, they yeah, like things. what kind of uh, what kind of curtains does this room have, you know? going from room to room to room while people are just living their lives oblivious to, you know, the webcam peering back out at them. Um, that Just that alone, I think is a great concept because it's a thing we worry about right now. And we're not that far off when it comes to data mining. Yeah. 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 Jeff Kanata, have we convinced you to see this movie? 
is my question. It's like we're telling you a scary story at the campfire. Yeah. Yeah. I think then, it sounds like it, 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 you know, it sounds like it has some really incredible concepts. Yes. Uh, and, and I have to say, as we've been talking this whole time, there's been a little voice inside the back of my head that's been like, I kind of don't like that I've become the like fragile prude of the po- podcast, you know? I don't like how everybody has to like tiptoe around the scary movies that Jeff won't like. But it's, it's, I guess, I guess I kind of have to own that a bit because I do, I, you know, well, I, here's what I'll I've, say. I've Jim. I, 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 I don't actually feel that way because this movie is, I would say, particularly upsetting. Like, yeah. it's, this is not, I mean, this is, I would say more upsetting than his house, but like of the same kind of caliber, right? And like, right. in the sense that this is not like an average movie with like a little bit of upsetting stuff sprinkled in. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if that was the case, I would say, Jeff, you're really delicate. But I totally respect someone not wanting to subject themselves to something like this. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's, but it's, it's also a movie that I've seen it. I can't stop thinking about it now. You know what I mean? Like, I mm-hmm. need to, like, I, so I tweeted that I watched this movie. Somebody tweeted back that they watched this movie twice on election day. <laughs> which is just gives you a sense it's it's both a sign of whatever this person's mindset is but also a sign like this is a movie that really grabs people and like burrows under your skin literally and figuratively you know and um yeah and i I I think think uh i think it's very very funny that we chose to do ted lasso instead of this movie like that was this that was the pendulum that we were oscillating (laughs) between Uh, before we wrap up, Devendra, any other favorite sequences uh, in the movie that you want to call out? Um, I feel like the, the the whole confrontation thing with him and Sean Bean, like there there that there is a party oh, where yeah. Sean Bean is just lording over everybody, and he has an initial conversation with him, and Sean Bean's like, "How do you how do you like the the shitty ass job I gave you, son?" Because he's <laughs> dating, you know, he's dating Sean Bean's well, daughter. That, that's what yeah. that was so fascinating was because. Yeah. So basically, Jeff, the 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 premise of the of, the, of this last job is she has to take over this guy's body who's dating the daughter of like the CEO of this big company that's like mm-hmm. Google or whatever. That's her in, yeah. And and he, you find out he's already working at the company, and so I'm thinking, oh, he's like some kind of executive there or something mm-hmm. like that, right? But what you find out is that Sean Bean gave him a job, basically doing data mining, where he sits at a at a you know at a screen all day watching things in vr and categorizing them by hand he he is actually in vr but staring at a screen in vr because the vr thing is just a (laughs) desktop yeah it's like a job simulator yeah yeah yeah, exactly it's a job simulator that's right right. and so it's a job that like is um not as glamorous as the one i imagined for this character at this Mm. point in time and and what i love about the script is like a character says like you know, why would Sean Bean's character want to do something like that? You know, it must give you some kind of high to like control someone that way. Yeah. And it uh, it's obviously commenting on the themes of the film, but like in a completely oblique way. I really appreciated that. I mean, maybe it put, struck some people as very obvious, but I like that. So, yeah. So they go over to Sean Bean's house and they have this big confrontation and um, he he brutally beats Sean Bean. Well, that, that that was the second confrontation, right? The first one was just like him drunkenly being like, "Yo, me apology, dude," and like the some people just like rough him up and throw him out, and somehow he's still able to get back into the house, and then yeah, repeatedly stab Sean Bean, and then poker through the eye, I believe, poker through the eye, yeah. like ripping out Sean Bean's teeth, and yeah. and you're thinking, oh, Sean Bean's definitely dead. Uh, we should actually disclose. 
as as of the end of the movie, I don't think he actually died. He was just no, in critical no. condition. Um, so it wasn't really a Sean Bean death, but it was like very much a Sean Bean head fake death. Um, and, and then uh, he chases down uh, Tuppence Middleton. Oh yeah, oh man, brutal, brutal. It just so brutal. Can Have you, you seen just, uh, the the idea of like someone you love? Yeah, being inhabited by another person and then like turning on you and killing you and killing themselves. It, it just a horrifying idea i think mm-hmm. and i think the movie yeah. brings it to life really effectively so uh, the thing I'm, I'm i'm unclear about is is if davindra holds this movie in as high esteem as dave does oh i i really i really enjoyed this movie yeah this movie i i don't know if it's one of my favorite of the year but i really really enjoyed it and i can't stop thinking about it so it's probably gonna burn its way in there and uh, i definitely want to go back and check out brandon Cronenberg's first movie or his last one uh, was antiviral in antiviral, 2012 yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a great film. It's a great film. Um, I'd recommend anyone check it out. And um, I'm talking about uh, Possessor right now. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. this is one of those movies where, like, I've seen it. I'm going to dive into, like, all the special features. Yep. Uh, Jeff Goldsmith over at the Q&A did an interview. I'm going to listen to that. You know, like, it, this is one of those movies that I'm really going to be pretty obsessed with um, for the foreseeable future. And the so. uh, the iTunes release has a lot of good special features. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. All right. We good? I think in summary... We should just say, yeah. Keep your boxes. <laughs> yeah. I Jeff think likes box. I think, we like multiple stabbings. <laughs> I think, in summary, I think in summary, it's fair to say that the thing, the containers for things, the the, <laughs> the things that surround the things, important, often end up becoming the things. Ooh. Right? Often end up becoming as valuable as the thing itself or share characteristics of the thing that it is containing. Mm. I see what you did. That there. applies to both possessor and the boxes question, you see. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed, Nailed it. it. By the way, yeah. we got a we got a message on Twitter, which I think is important to, to the podcast. Yeah, I saw that too. Uh, yeah, Mank is is not streaming until December. But I, I took the liberty of Googling it while you guys were talking, and it and Google is still saying it's this Friday, so I don't know. Well, the release date theaters this Friday. So the theaters still exist. Movies are still going to theaters. Yeah, we but may, may Mank not be is able apparently to Mank. December 4th. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, guys. Just cut just cut the episode right there, just after the shit. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha